I'm going to clear some space today. I'm going to do things a little differently. We learn different ways. Better, and some people learn by touch. And so we're going to have some touch today. As well as some visual. Sometimes we do things in life or in church especially that we don't necessarily know the reason why. Just kind of always done it that way. There's a story, and maybe you heard of it before, about a mom who was making the ham, and she cut the end off the ham before she put it in the oven. And her daughter asks, why would you cut the end off the ham? And mom says, I don't know. My mom just always cut the end off the ham. So they called grandma and said, why do we cut the end off the ham? She said, I don't know. My mom just always cut the end off the ham. So I cut the end off the ham. And so they called great-grandma and said, why do we cut the end off the ham? And great-grandma said, I never had a pot big enough to hold the whole ham, so I cut the end off the ham. So sometimes church is like cutting the end off the ham. We do things, why do we have a cross up here? Now, we know the story of Jesus and the resurrection, some of us, but for someone who's not familiar and our culture is becoming less familiar with the stories of the Bible, they might, what's that mean? Why do you have jewelry up on your wall? Or if you're in a church that has a crucifix up, why do you have a dying man up on your wall? We have, I usually keep a candle up here and, you know, different churches have different amounts of candles and stuff and it can mean different things. I, I keep a candle up here for a couple of reasons. One, I didn't light it today because I knew I was going to be moving it around. But one, it's to remind us that we're the light of the world. And two, in the temple and tabernacle, they would actually burn incense. And it was to remind them of prayers going up to God. I don't want to always have incense going on in here. The smells are good, but sometimes somebody might be allergic. So it's to remind me of prayer that should be happening. And we have colors in church. Today is red. We've got Red cross, we've got red drapes, we even have red lights. This would be so cool to have a night service, wouldn't it? The cool red lights coming up. And see, in there's a as we go through the year, the church calendar has colors associated with it. And Pentecost, the color is red. Now, several years ago when I went out to go buy cloth for the cross, um I was just I hadn't looked at a church calendar recently, and I was just going to go out and buy blue because I think Pentecost, baptism, blue is the color I associate with water. Yes, you don't want to be baptized in blue water. You want to be baptized in clear, you know, but, you know, clear cough, you know, that would look weird. So I was thinking blue. And so, but before I left, I said, you know what, I should look. Oh, I'm having a hard time with this today. I should go look just to make sure. I don't want to buy the wrong color cloth. And so I went. Online, I looked up the church calendar. Oh, it's red. Pentecost Day is red. And so I went and got red cloth. And red does make sense. You know, John the Baptist, when he was baptizing people, he said in Matthew 3.11, As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance, 
But he who is coming after me is mightier than I. I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And so the the passage that we that uh, Susie just read a few moments ago from Acts chapter two is the story of of the day of Pentecost and all Jesus' disciples are up in this upper room and the Holy Spirit does come on them and it says it's like tongues of fire. And so we make red the color of Pentecost Sunday. Now up on the board and on your bulletin, you can look and see there's a picture of the logo of the Wesleyan church and the Wesleyan church. They have a, we have a great logo. It's almost as good as our Hartwood Church logo. And if you turn in your membership uh, renewal, you get this cool Hartwood pin. But I also have a Wesleyan Church pin, and it's a dove. A dove is one of the symbols of the Holy Spirit because when Jesus is baptized, it says the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. But one of the, I'm going to explain some of the things about our logo here. One, you can probably see the bird, and they drew it in such a way that it looks like it's both descending and ascending. You know, the Holy Spirit is coming down to us, and also the, the, we are going up to God. It also should look kind of like hands, because we do service. And um, it also is supposed to look like fire, because the Holy Spirit is our empowerment. And you can actually see the fire, because here's the thing. The Wesleyan logo is actually not a picture. It's an animation. Okay, Zebulon, show them the animation. Okay, back it up and show them again. Just so you can see what it actually looks like. Yeah. So it's fire that turns into the Holy Spirit. So that's what our logo actually, when you when see it in a video, it's not static. And so we have this idea of fire. And we correctly think of fire as this purifying element. You know, we, it's used for precious metals. And the Bible talks about the final judgment of our works is, is done in fire. It's something that consumes the bad. 1 Corinthians 3.13 says, Each man's work will become evident, for the day will show it because it's to be revealed with fire. And the fire itself will test the quality of each person's work. It is also the final judgment. Revelation 19 and 20 talks about the beast, the false prophet, the devil, death, Hades, and anyone whose name is not found in the book of life is thrown into the lake of fire. Fire was also used in the Old Testament for sacrifices. In the law, the, not all the sacrifices, but mo- a lot of the sacrifices were burned. And also, in the law, it's, remember if we, when we uh, studied the book of Amos, it was, you are not to burn a person with fire. You're not supposed to sacrifice your child through the fire to Molech. Now, we don't, even though the Holy Spirit has this symbol of fire, we don't do a lot of fire things in here. I thought about, you know, we've got, I've got a torch that I use to, uh, melt the ice on the steps in the wintertime, and, and I thought about bringing that in here and just, but, you know, we don't do a lot of fire rituals in church. Anybody remember the movie from the 80s called The Jewel of the Nile? 
Yeah, it's kind of a funny movie as a sequel to, to Romancing the Stone. But there's one spot with Danny DeVito, and he's hanging out with these uh, Sufis, and they want him to become one of them. And their ritual for him to become a Sufi is to walk over hot coals. Well, he doesn't want to walk over hot coals. I looked for a video clip of this. I couldn't find it. But uh, so he doesn't want to do it. The hot coals are behind him. And this teacher is facing him, and he's juggling uh, batons that are on fire. And he's getting close to his face. So, of course, Dorian DeVito's backing up, backing up, backing up. And he finally says, look down. And Danny DeVito sees he's already a third of the way across the hot coals. And so he's hot coals, hot, 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 hot coals, hot coals. But he makes it across, and he's like, yes, I made it. You know, we don't make you walk across hot coals to, as a symbol of being baptized by the Holy Spirit. We don't do that kind of stuff. And so we don't use a lot of fire. And you think about it. Fire isn't really red, is it? It can be red. The coals are usually red. But even the Wesleyan Church logo, when it was fire, that was mostly orange. Fire has many colors. It could be white, blue, brown, red, orange. There's lots of color in fire. So why, why choose red? Well, red is also a symbol that we use for something else in church, right? What else do we get into every month there where red is important? The blood. And that's why it's important. It, it's not just the fire of the Holy Spirit, why we use the color red. It also has to do with the blood. See, back in the Passover, the first Passover in Exodus uh, 12.22 they were instructed, the Hebrews were instructed to take a bunch of hyssop and they would dip it in the blood that was in the basin and they would apply that blood to the doorposts and the lintel of their house. And then not supposed to go outside until morning. And then God's spirit would pass over them. In that case, they didn't want the spirit on them. They want the spirit to, to miss them. But then later on, when they received the covenant of the law in Exodus 24, 8, Moses in ratifying the covenant also takes blood and he dips it. Now, if you're using your smartphone today or tablet, be warned, I'm going to be flinging water on you. Okay. So they are ratifying the covenant. Be happy. I'm not throwing blood on you. <laughs> they Moses is giving them the law, and they're ratifying the covenant, and they're saying yes. And Moses is taking blood, and he's flinging it on all the people. They're getting blood tossed all over them as part of the covenant. So blood is part of the covenant. If you didn't get wet this time, you'll get it next time. It's also has to do with spiritual cleansing. Further in the law in Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 12, or 14, verses 4 through 6, it talks about the priest giving offering and its birds. It says, The priest orders to take two live, clean birds in cedar wood and a scarlet string for the hyssop. So they tie it with a red cord for the one who is to be cleansed. 
And the priest shall also give orders to slay the one bird in an earthenware vessel over running water. As for the live bird, he shall take it together with the cedar wood and the scarlet string and the hyssop and shall dip, dip them and the live bird in the blood of the bird that was slain over the running water. So get this. Now we have a thing where water and blood are being used together. He has this bird for the sacrifice, and they sacrifice the one bird and take its blood. But before they sacrifice the bird, what have they done? He's washed it in water, in living water, in running water. Then they take the second bird, and they dip it in the blood of the one. Now, see, the any animal that's brought for a sacrifice is supposed to already be clean. It's supposed to be perfect, without defect. It's already clean, so why clean it with water? See, there's this idea of cleaning something that's already been cleaned. If it's been spiritually clean, now make sure it's also continually clean. See, another thing that comes up is when a person or uh, objects that have been cleaned have become spiritually or or ceremonially defiled in some way, they also clean it. Uh, It says a person, a clean person shall take hyssop and dip it in the water and sprinkle it on the tent and all the furnishings and all the persons who were there and on the one who touched the bone or the one who was slain or the or the one dying naturally or the grave. So here's the thing. The people might all be clean. They've done their they've confessed their sins, they've done their sacrifices, they've spilt blood, but someone has done something like touched a dead body or touched someone who's unclean. And and so now they need to cleanse themselves and cleanse their house. And so they don't sacrifice an animal and get blood. They're already clean. So what do they do? They take water. And they sprinkle the water with the hyssop and the scarlet thread. Clean. We're already clean. Let's keep being clean. So... Now it makes a little bit more sense in Psalm 51.7 when David says, Purify me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. He's talking, even though those are parallel statements, he's talking about two different things. Cleanse, Purify me with hyssop, with blood, and I'll be clean from my sin. Purify me with water, and I will keep on being clean. Get that? Blood is what makes me clean. Water is what keeps me clean. Now, I placed faith in Jesus when I was in the second grade. But since that time, I have still asked for forgiveness I have still prayed to God for the strength to live for him multiple times since that time. My junior year of high school, one of the things that, you know, I started in junior high, middle school, going to summer camp. And at summer camp, 
the same thing happened every summer. At some point, they asked us to recommit our lives to Jesus because most of us hadn't been living for Jesus during the school year at some point. And so we would rededicate our lives to Jesus over over summer camp. And that would last till about October. But my junior year of high school, I said, I'm not going to do that anymore. It's not that I wasn't going to go to camp. I just said, I'm not going to rededicate my life at camp. Because by the time camps comes around, I want to already be living for God. I want to be continually clean. That was the choice I made my junior year of high school. You know, and uh, as I prepared for ordination, I didn't want to take that lightly. I made sure I was ready and repentant. In fact, you know, I've been baptized twice. You know, once, you know, in... uh, yeah, I, I accepted Christ in second grade, and, and later on third grade I got baptized. And but when I went to Israel during seminary, we were at the Jordan River, and I wasn't going to get baptized because I was like, I've already been baptized. But this is the Jordan River, and the thing is, people wanted me to baptize them. And I said, you know, before I baptize some people in the Jordan River, where John the Baptist baptized people and where Jesus was baptized. I want to make sure I'm right with God. So I asked the other pastor, baptize me with the baptism of repentance, just so I can make sure I've confessed all my sins, and then I will baptize these other people. I want to make sure I'm clean. I already know I'm clean. I want to make sure I'm clean. Or, and it's not just these big events in life. Anytime the Holy Spirit may simply convict me of something in my life that might need to change, might need to be clean. That's how come David could say later in Psalm 139, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there be any hurtful way in me. And lead me in the everlasting way. I'm looking to continually be clean, David says. Don't just purify me one time. Keep on purifying me, God. And that still happens for me today. You know, between having two young children and my wife working the night shift, I don't always get enough sleep. And i got to say, God, check my attitude. i got to say, God, check my prayer life. Because sometimes I feel like I'm just going from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing. Say, God, check my work of evangelism. Am I actually spending time with that non-Christian friend that I'm supposed to be doing life with? Search me and know me. Keep me clean. So on the night of the Last Supper, Jesus is with his disciples. And John 13, 5 through 8 says one of the first things Jesus does is he washes their feet. Not with blood. He washed their feet with water. It says, Then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel which with, he was, with which he was girded. He came to Simon Peter and he said to him, 
Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I do, you do not realize now, but you will understand later. Peter said, Never shall you wash my feet. Jesus answered, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, then wash not only my feet, but wash my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, He who has bathed needs only to wash his feet, but he is completely clean, and you are clean. Just not all of you in this room. So here's Jesus. He's going around with the water, and he's washing the disciples' feet. And Peter says, Don't wash me, Lord. And Jesus says, I have to wash you with water. Otherwise, you're not mine if I don't wash you with water. And so Peter says, well, then wash my whole body. And Jesus says, you're already clean. You just need a little staying clean. I'm here to wash you with water, not with blood right now. Now, Jesus actually promises two things that night, though. He washes the disciples' feet to show this that they continually need this cleansing. But then he tells them, remember, the Israelites took the covenant by the blood that was sprinkled on them. Jesus then, as they're taking the Passover, Mark 14, 22 through 25, and several other passages tell us, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples, saying, take it, this is my body. Then he took a cup And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. So the first thing he promises them is the new covenant, which needs blood. So he promised them blood cleansing. But later on that night, Jesus promises them something else. John 16 tells us that Jesus begins to explain to them about the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm going to him who sent me, and none of you ask me where are you going. But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. But I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper, that is the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Jump ahead to verse 13. It says, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and disclose it to you. And later on in John 14, or actually earlier in John 14, 16 and 17, he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. So Jesus promises him two things at that night of the Passover. One, he, said, he promises his blood, the new covenant. And he says, that will make you clean. But then he also promises them the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus does speak about fire during his ministry time. But it's for later. It's for la- When Jesus speaks of fire 
in Matthew 7 and Matthew 13, Matthew 25, Mark 9, Luke 24. It's always future judgment. One day I will bring fire to the earth. But in the immediate, Jesus in his ministry, Jesus offers something that they can have now, and it's water. When Jesus spoke to the woman at the well in John four ten, he says, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The water is for now. The fire is for later. But the water was for now. In John 7, Jesus is teaching on the Feast of Tabernacles. And he says on the last, John 7, 37 through 39, on the last day, the great day of the Feast of Tabernacles, Jesus stood and cried out and says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the spirit whom those who believed in him were here to receive. For the spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So that night in the Passover with his disciples, Jesus was promising cleansing. Through the sacrifice of his body, his blood, those who believe in him will have that new covenant with God and they will be forgiven of their sin. And those same people will receive the Holy Spirit who will continually cleanse them and keep them right before God. It's like this. Because of the blood, I am in Christ. And so God sees me as purified. And because of the Spirit, Christ is in me. And God will make me more like him. So after the Passover and Jesus' two promises of blood and the Spirit... The crucifixion takes place. John nineteen thirty four, Jesus is on the cross, and one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and immediately pours out what? Blood and water. Blood is what makes me clean. Water is what keeps me clean. Jesus cleanses me. The Holy Spirit keeps me clean. Jesus is my statement that I am clean before God. Baptism is my statement that by the power of the Holy Spirit, I want to live clean before God. That I am empowered to live clean before God. And so when I made that choice my junior year to not have to rededicate my life again, it wasn't because my willpower was so strong. It was because I was saying, the Holy Spirit's in me. I can live like what I am. And that's what we're called to teach people. Jesus, in Matthew 28 18 through 20, before he ascended to heaven, Jesus came up and spoke to his disciples, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Notice how baptism goes along with an obedience. Teach them to follow. And so today, my call to us all, my call to you, the call to me, is to be cleansed. By the blood or by the water. If you have never accepted Jesus as your Savior, I call you to be cleansed by his blood. And if you've already been cleansed by the blood, are you ready to move intentionally by the power of the Holy Spirit to walk clean? Let's pray. Lord, David writes for us in Psalm 104, You send forth your spirit, and we are created. You send forth your spirit, and you renew. So let your glory endure forever. And may you be glad in the works that you create in us. Lord, today we ask for an outpouring of your spirit on us. We pray for Joan, who is already committed to be baptized today, that your spirit fill her mightily. And for anyone else that is being prodded today, Lord, that there will be a commitment to walk with you by your spirit clean. Because that's what a disciple is. So we ask these things by the blood of Jesus and by the power of your spirit to give glory to the Father. Amen.